You're listening to the Grossed Out Podcast with Rob Gross. It's me. I'm Rob Gross. Welcome to the Grossed Out Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Gross. Today, we are talking with a good friend of mine, Matt Medina, uh, currently works with me here at BMG. Uh, by the time this airs, he will be on to uh, another, another, uh, another space. He's going to work at Epitaph, which is fucking awesome. And um, I'm super stoked to have him on today to talk about jimmy Eat world jimmy Eat world and like matt said two jews talking about jew it's my favorite thing i think i've ever heard because it's it's true because we're, we're jewish you see um so let me tell you a little bit about matt um and this is what he wrote to me so i'm gonna even gonna, i'm gonna read the intro too because i loved it he goes here's where my dumb brain is at <laughs> Matt spent 10 years running his own label, Animal Style, and has spent time at Hopeless, BMG, and he's now at Epitaph. He's a product of Southern California from the lovely town of Riverside before venturing to Orange County and eventually to LA. Besides owning way too many records, he's equally obsessive about his favorite taco trucks, burritos, and sushi spots. Hey, me too. And with a big side of self-deprecating humor, uh, which is why I think we get along so well, welcome to the Grossed Out Podcast, Matt. Here we go. Here I am. Here we go. (laughs) That sounds almost like an Evanescence lyric, right? Oh, <laughs> I had to, I had to one more time. Yeah. Yeah. Just bring me to life here. <laughs> Let's bring this back to life. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about Jimmy world because it's one of those bands that I think is like the great unifier. I think that Jimmy world is one of those bands that you could be metalhead, hardcore kid, emo kid, punk kid, aging hipster, a mom and an uncle everybody has a soft spot for this band and i mean i know why but um i'm excited to hear about how you came about finding this band when it happened what made you fall in love with jimmy world i think so i probably got in sometime when i was in high school maybe 16 17 probably i guess it's probably like just sometime after clarity came out and that okay that that did it like you you hear clarity once you're like Oh, cool. I get, I get this. There's, I haven't heard anything like this. This is awesome. And like, I, I remember seeing something like Matt from the get up kids was like, this is clarity is, is okay. Computer of the, the emo world. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which like, I'm not, I'm not a big Radiohead guy, but yeah, me like, either. I, sure. I'll, I'll take that though. Like that, that makes sense. Like they're, they're that one band that like went into the studio and like, spent all the major label money because I thought it was going to be the last record they make. And totally. It's like, could have been like their magnum opus, um, which still, still could be maybe, but. Yeah. I mean, but very early on, I mean, what to make that like within your first, you know, couple of bodies of work, if you count the EPs and, you know, like the, the self-titled compilation, they were a young band to make a record that kind of that deep. Like that's a really fucking good record. Yeah. Like they're, they're, I think 21 at the time when, when that came out, like I, I, I certainly wasn't in that headspace of, of doing anything quite like that at, at that age or, no. you know, few, few are even, even, you know, into their thirties and forties and, and anything else. Totally. You know, and I think that to your point, like I think between clarity, static prevails, they probably, you're right. They probably every, they put out those records, what, two and a half, three years apart. And they probably were like, yeah, let's just give it a go because 
we could be dropped, but it was capital, right? We, we could yeah. be dropped by capital any minute, which was ended up being extremely true. And obviously then went on to, you know, to greater and greater heights, but to have a moment, the only other band I can think about that had a moment like that, that early, maybe cave in, maybe thrice, like in that lane that like their maturity as songwriters and the craft was way beyond their years. Yeah. And, and, you know, respect to them of like, we're going to, we're going to go spend all their money. And we, we, we know this could be our very last record, whatever happens. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of figure it out from there. Totally. Um, I mean, and that's, that's just it, right? It's like they, you know, they ended up making this kind of timeless music at such an early age. And when you see them play now, like I saw them at South by a few years ago and it was just a great fun sing along. It was actually Dine Alone Showcase. Um, so a label I used to work for and um, it was Trail of Dead and then Jimmy Eat World. So like, you know, they put it out in Canada and um, they got them to headline their showcase. The, look, regard the, the Dine Alone showcases are always fun. And this one was really fun. And when they when they would pop in a song from one of those records alongside like a bleed american or the middle or i think they didn't play coffee and cigarettes that night that's that's i love that song but it was like their whole catalog feels like it could be released today it could have been released 20 years ago like it really does feel timeless like right from the jump like even those early recordings were just you could just tell they were just ahead of everybody yeah. And, and like, I, for some reason, the other thing, like, I just love the fact that they're from Arizona where it's just like, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I just can't think of that many other bands like from the Phoenix area that like came out and were like, a, a, like a, a big thing. Like, I, I don't know, from like the format and like going into fun, like that's the most of what I can really think of. Gin, uh, the gin blossoms. Oh, I didn't, I don't think I knew they were from Phoenix. Yeah. Also okay. sa- sacred Reich, but you know, that's a whole other thing nice uh, 80s thrash but yeah yeah the Jim blossoms are from there as well but yeah but you're right like jimmy world was it and my friends that live like in gilbert and all these like you know neighboring towns or suburbs that was their band like you had like a band to root for and they probably never really had that before you know yeah like who's 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 coming out of the desert like that like who's who's coming out of mesa and you know <laughs> i i think lucky for me is like i've i've lived here my whole life so mm-hmm you know, this was like almost like the next town over in so many ways. Like they were, they were coming to Pomona. They were coming to LA. They were coming to Orange County. They were playing shows in Riverside for that matter. Like, this, so how, this, how, Oh, so, sorry, go on. No, this was, uh, this was yeah. where they would just come out to regularly. Cause you know, how many, how many times can you play, you know, the, the, what is it? Uh, the underground, what is it? The, the clubhouse or something in, in Phoenix. Like, I don't know. I've actually never been to a show. Wait, no, I take that back. I saw 311 two years ago in Phoenix. Chill. It was. I was. Yeah, it was a beautiful disaster. Oh, you were so down. I was so down. Um, God, it's just the jokes that never end. Um, I was all mixed up. I didn't know what to do. Okay, sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop now. Um, so, so when, so when you became a fan, were you? Were you act, so you were actively driving out to Phoenix to go to shows. Like how? Like what was your first show? No, I think I probably first saw them at the Glass House in sure. probably 2000, 2001 or something like they, okay. you know, were, I feel like they did so many just like one-off shows too, just at that venue where it was not necessarily a, a, a tour or anything. It was just, mm. oh, Jimmy, Jimmy World's in town this weekend. That's sure, crazy. Their No Knife is opening. Let's, let's go to that show. Like, wow. That's cool. I mean, for them, right? Like, you could basically drive to Southern California and not have to deal with the bullshit of going to LA or San Diego. You just stop in lovely Pomona. 
yeah and you know river, riverside guys so i mean it was oh it was yeah right right way way more convenient in in high school to to drive out to pomona than it was had to had to get like special parent permission to go out to to la at that point i can't even imagine being a parent period but being a parent and like living in the suburbs and being like yeah i'm going to see a concert and i'd like the whiskey tonight and you're like 17 i'd be like absolutely fucking not like i you know i, I <laughs> I dated, I dated a girl in high school though, that like her, her family just was like so adamant against us going to the glass house. Like, no, bad area, rough area. Don't go there. So was it? To, uh, it wasn't the best then. Okay. Um, it was, I wouldn't say it was like terrible, but it wasn't the best either. Okay. We used to like, but the, th- the thing that I always thought was funny, like we used to like, used to tell, we used to lie to our parents and tell her we were going to chain or to the house of blues in Anaheim. And for some reason those were both you know house of Blues anaheim i guess because it's downtown disney but sure chain was funny as far as like yeah that that place is fine like anaheim That's, cool it's probably worse yeah it's probably yeah. Wor- look all I, i'm pomona my favorite thing about pomona it's not even there anymore it's a bummer is that right on the outskirts of town there's a like a where the corporate park is there is a there was an unbelievable all you can eat sushi spot so my buddy Darius and I who did the Guns N' Roses episode we would always go out to the show like at least an extra hour early to just go out there and it was like 20 bucks and we would just stuff and it was like really good sushi so that was always like the pre-show ritual like we'd do that and then go see Kill Switch Engage and you know it's nice and then burn it I, off I hope that's the all you can eat type of sushi place where they charge you for any piece that you don't eat. It is. Those are, those are the favorite. Those are the best because you make yourself just absolutely miserable. Oh yeah. It was never a, like the, the car ride home was always like, Oh my God. And because it had been so long, you're starting to get hungry again and you pass like in and out on the way. And you're like, yeah, but I'm bloated and feel like shit, but man, I can eat a double, double. Yeah. And I did. And I did. Yeah, I totally did. <laughs> Anyway, so so when so when you were growing up, okay, cool. So you're seeing them. That's right around like before Bleed American dropped, and they were starting. And I think, you know, at, at that point, they really didn't make that much of a transition when they're going because, like, even at that point, going to Interscope, it, it didn't seem like a massive jump, right? You're going from one major label to another, but the songwriting and I think the abruptness of what how they were able to 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 make that record, it's so much more focused. I'm not saying it's a better record, like maybe it is but it's such a focused record like there is not a second wasted on that album and i think that like for me i already knew about jimmy world but i wasn't a fan i just too much metal and hardcore and or i was into like my 90s shit and i just when i was actually a college rep and got the advanced promo for bleed american and was like when you hear that first note those first that first riff yeah i mean that's like a life changer that song is everything the record's yeah. everything. Yeah, and and like them just going like recording it on their own, going mm-hmm. going to to Trombino again, like just again doing things like on their own terms, which is like they didn't have the deal; they were just you know using any money that they had out of their pocket or not out of their pocket. Like, right, right, they, right. I don't think they paid Trombino <laughs> anything at first. It was just kind of like, oh, well, I guess maybe wait till or till we sign. Um, yeah, that's why he's own he owns a donut shop now. Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> And, and so, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's like still nutty where they, they just like locked themselves out and we're like, yep, this is, this is what we're making. We're going to do this ourselves, whatever it is. But then like the other part of it too, that always strikes me as strange. Like, I just don't think of them as a major label band. No. And it's funny to me that they've 
always been a major label band. Yeah. Like the only time that they weren't in the past, I mean, since static, right. Or yeah. since, is, is that uh, in, in Canada, specifically just Canada on the last two records. So the ones, the one before surviving, so the, the, the last two before that, those both came out on dying alone in Canada. Right. So, yeah. So they were RCA rest of world, but that's it. Like, it's crazy. I remember when I was when I was at Dynalone, we met with Silva, who they're managed by. And I mean, I'm I'm a fan, so I'm like, okay, cool. So before the meeting, I'm like, yeah, let me like prepare. Let me like, you know, really prepare. And I'm like, man, like the 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 split, this which is like the gold split, which is one of my favorite. Oh, splits. the Jebediah split. The yeah, Jebediah yeah. split. Yeah. Not on vinyl. Not on, it was I have I have the CD somewhere like packed away, but I tried to put it out. Uh, management was okay we were cool with it and it just kept getting pushed to the back burner and then i left but i wanted to do gold packaging gold label gold vinyl gold download card gold everything i tried oh it, it exists on vinyl as the most obnoxious format as a triple seven inch no what no 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 i would no. go downstairs and like show and tell it but yeah well, i didn't know that yeah. <laughs> it is it's so obnoxious why why yeah double double 10 inch triple seven inch like how this day forward i think had a triple seven inch tune like six why <laughs> how, just just go flip the record six times that makes right sense. well it's like i i'm you know how big of a pearl jam fan i am and now i never i've been fooled about 30 times and i'm good now where they're seven inches and they have a ton they're always with the big hole with so you oh, need you yeah. need the you need well you need the adapter and i don't want to use the adapter i have you know like it's just I'm 40, man. I don't want to, I don't want to go find the adapter and put on the adapter. So it's like, you know, you can make this more convenient and you just don't uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, that, that you're right. They've been a major label band forever and they still have that, that, that feel about them. Like they make whatever kind of records they want. They never stray too far because like, they don't really like have to, I think. And I think when they do stray, they almost get heavier. Like, um, What's that epic song in the middle of uh, a few records ago? It's um, something, the baby. Why, why Pass is the baby. Pass yep. the baby. That's the one. Yeah. They're just, yeah. It just gets super heavy out of like kind of nowhere. And you're like, oh, where, yeah. Where did that come from? Right. At the end of it, it's like, is this a Zayo song? Like, it's so fucking distorted and heavy. It's like a seven and a half minute song yeah. thrown into an otherwise, except for like Get Right, a pretty mellow record. Amazing record. But yeah. I just love that. Like, they're like, no, we, we do this now. Yeah, and, and like on on surviving that that song five 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 where it's uh, like mm-hmm. it, it sounds like that could be like a sting song like I, like wow I, yeah I, I don't yeah. know you they can just kind of like pick and choose whatever they they want to do which is you know they've yeah. they've done that for themselves totally I mean and they they're now along with a band like Thrice or Caven but obviously at, at a higher at a, at a higher fandom level or a more mainstream fandom level where they they've they've earned they've earned that they've earned that place up there where they can they can really do no wrong like i don't think surviving to me that might be my least favorite record that they've ever done and it's still good and th- it was kind of a letdown for me because i'm such a fan of their later period works like i'm such a fan of them like if, if anything i listen to the later era records more than the, maybe i've burnt out the early records but i i'm such a fan of, of them moving on and that record just didn't connect with me but you know it's still good yeah, I like surviving. I it's funny. Like the only thing I just I, I'm not into invented. That's just that record oh, just never. I, do, I love it. Never did anything for me. It's like 
I have it, but like just as like a completist kind of thing. Where it's sure, like, there's there's just never really a time where I'm like, you know, I want to listen to Invented right now. I think for the most part, other than coffee and cigarettes, which again is just the, something about that song does it for me, especially the acoustic version. But it felt like there that was their attempt at like hot AC, like they were trying to make sure. like 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 a like a big boy record, uh-huh. and like they're like, what were they probably at that time like? 36 37 maybe 30 maybe a little younger and maybe that's the point where they're like you know maybe we're like you know we're dads now whatever we should that's what it felt like to me and then they went with like avoid the they went back to to making um not avoid is it avoid the light why am i drawing chase's light? light yeah chase's yeah. The, yeah that was a pantera conversation from last week I am, <laughs> there you go oof, chase's the, that record it's just almost kinda, the same thing it's really almost the same thing like you never even know logo is the same right. guys look the same yeah they all have like red goatees and such. Yeah. So how many times have you actually seen them live? Something obscene. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably, it's somewhere in the mid twenties. I would say like, oh. I honestly, I think I can count how many times I've not seen them since like 2000. Oh, like when they roll through town, you can yeah, see yeah. like, okay, yeah. hey, got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, it's just like, it's, it's more or less like an automatic, like the, the only times where it would be like, I wouldn't see them as say if it's like, acoustic christmas weenie roast something like that like a radio festival kind of thing other other than that i i went to go see them open for third eye blind last year last year so 2019 now yeah yeah well it'll forever be that's the last time that's the last time they rolled through i think that's a weird tour it works just i'm not a third eye blind fan so it's a i love those first two i love those first two third eye blind records Mm. but stephen jenkins is just the fucking weirdest of the weird he's a pretty Um, horrible dude they went off like zach the drummer for the band just went off about uh stephen jenkins after like the day after that tour ended just went like full petty mode on on twitter of just like here are all the fucked up things about this guy and all the different bullshit that we had to deal with it's just like I'm, I'm here for all that. I'm here for that tea. Yeah, that's what I want. But it's like, when you think about it, that dude's in his mid fifties. Somehow, I can't remember the campaign for that comeback record, but it was brilliant and it worked. And I'm sure that had nothing to do with the music, but like, you should be so fortunate that your name still carries weight to play these bigger festivals, to do summer shed tours as part of a package where you are somehow the headliner. It's kind of wild, right? And, yeah. and I, I, I just, it's a, it's never been a band that connected with me. I think cause I saw them live early on, on like the blue tour and it was really bad. Like they were fine, but he was just like, his voice can be real shot. Like at, at shows. Yeah. And he's like, at this point, he just can't hit those notes. And he's like fedora guy who, you know, mm. he's one of the way that I'd compare it. He's a he, guy. He seems one of those guys that has mirrors on his ceiling, like over his bed. <laughs> he like lives in he lives in Vegas, maybe Henderson. Um, definitely probably Henderson, yeah. In a subdivision, mirror on the ceiling. Yeah. I'm just picturing it all affliction, like yeah. uh the, the the kind of jeans that Pat Monahan from Train wears, like the bedazzled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not okay. dating Vanessa Carlton anymore. No, but didn't he ma- was he also did he also date Michelle Branch? He dated both oh, of them. Oh, it was Michelle Branch. I just I just no. did that thing that I always do where I fuck it up and confuse those two with each other. No, but I swear, look, I used to work with Vanessa, so like I, I swear that she dated him too. And that's where a lot of the confusion lies. I have to check with her. I think he dated Courtney Cox too. Which is like probably like just you know, way above his pay grade. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. And it was probably like a number of years ago too. And she was probably still at more at, at a higher level. It was probably during like Cougar Town like or, friends and, or yeah. end of friends or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Or maybe now I'm, now I'm just getting all my people confused. Maybe I'm thinking of a dude from Counting Crows, but I don't know. That is just like, there, have you heard the rumor about Durrance that the sideshow Bob hair thing is just a piece? Oh yeah. 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 Like if that's like, true, I love that. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, how many other speaking, speaking Jew to Jew, how many mm-hmm. other Jews have you met with, with uh, dreadlocks quite like that? Zero. There you go. Z- <laughs> it's just absolutely zero. Uh, it, it typically, it typically goes out. It's, it, it, it's the fro. Right. Right. I don't know how I ended up without that, without the, 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 the fro, but I definitely like, and not culturally, you know, appropriate. I, I'm not taking, don't have dreads, my guy. And that's why I like having, <laughs> I just, um, yeah. But, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah that, 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 that era of 90, I think when we always talk about how great the nineties were and like, you know, poor Jimmy world and bands of that, of that ilk, like they had to come up during the part of the nineties that didn't, that sucked way more. Cause like in 96, everything that I hold near and dear to my heart basically had like an end point. And then like Soundgarden broke up in 97 and Faith No More broke up in 98. And, you know, a lot of things kind of fell away. And we really had like, we had Queens of the Stone Age. We had Jimmy Eat World. We had Beck. And then like, that's when like Snow Patrol, Keen, all that stuff started to happen. And that was like, this was the heyday for Interscope. So this was my first go around with that company. And I remember like I got to work Futures, which was so good. I mean, that was one horrible mess up by, I don't know who it was at the time, but I'm going to blame the label um, because I doubt it was the band, but we were going to release the song Futures around the election. Makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, hope for better in November. And that would have been a campaign song. It would have blown the band. They would have been huge. Like they were already sizable, but that record really was the start of the downturn of their mainstream popularity. And in, in many ways, that's why that record's so good. But, you know, they were riding high off Bleed American and like it got so much attention because of 9-11. And when they dropped Bleed American as the as the name, like, mm-hmm. oh, and, and now it's back. It's back. It's been back for about ten years, eight years. Yeah. But like, that's how crazy. Like, it's crazy that there was that list of songs that couldn't be played on the radio. And um, yeah, we're all about patriotism, whatever. Jimmy World should change their album title. They're like, wait, yeah. what? There's there's a a seven inch from the UK that's the Bleed American seven inch called mm. Salt Sweat Sugar. Oh right, right, right. I've seen that. Like, that's my my favorite thing. Like. You 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 just got rid of the the title of the track altogether now too. Yeah, in a different country too, no less. It's just it's just ridiculous. Um, if anything, I thought it was patriotic. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. You know, you know drowning pool bodies and you know. Oh right. Jimmy World, right. Bleed American. Those are. Oh my God, that's right. Fly list. Yeah, that was that. It was like I think the whole system of the town catalog, the whole Rage Against the Machine catalog, and like. Yeah. Poor little emo Jimmy world. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's just the, the band has been been through a lot and, and to then still continue on. I mean, like I mentioned this show many times on this podcast because clearly like that's, it was a time, but I used to wake up every morning to go to college, to go to class and VH1 
Jumpstart or Morning Start or whatever the fuck it was called was on. And literally it was like, it was uh, a Chili Peppers video was like, by the way, <laughs> your favorite, Great. It was, by the way, it was hella good by no doubt. And, um, and it was the middle. It was literally like, or sweetness. And it was always like, they were like getting major airplay, major video play. It was really all happening for them, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, the middle was huge. The sweetness was very big. Like mm -hmm. all, just all of those songs from Bleed American, just like, and it like, the thing with that too, it just didn't come like, it still didn't come like immediately either. Like, no. I don't think the middle blew up until five, six months later after the record came out. Cause I was like, still the second single like Queen American was the was the lead single right um, I think I remember getting like a, a sampler for it at like Warp Tour in Boston in 2001 or something where I was like oh that's cool this is the first time I, I hear these songs um in like a final form right, they were like right. still like releasing demos and stuff just on their website like as they were recording oh which is yeah. that was pretty forward thinking for the time yeah like so Sweetness was a was a demo from like Clarity too that like People didn't know that. Yeah. Like people, they used to play that song like way, way before uh, Bleed American came out. It was like mm. a B side basically, which to think of it as like going on clarity to me is almost like sacrilege in a certain way. But at the same time, it's like, it's a great song. I just don't know where it like slots into that, to that. Totally. Track listing. Like, well, it doesn't. And it, and it, it almost like it, it shouldn't fit on any of their records really. Cause it's such a, like a, like a jarring song, but it just fucking works like that record works front to back in such a way that a lot of records especially like records that are, that, that are like i'm sure interscope is going full bore going at this thing trying to make it work that's not an easy song to sell to to you know to middle america to yeah. it's just not and, and i think and i i still think that the only reason the middle really worked is because of the video right yeah it's like just the the perfect like american pie like for that time that's like that right was, that was that was what it was it was it, that yeah it was like a, they had a moment with that with that video everything kind of lined up the look that record i i'm gonna go listen to it probably after I, I record this because i i'm now all the songs are in my head and i can't i can't stop you know yeah. but but it's just so cool when you see bands that do this like you know from from a futures almost felt like in a way almost like not a sophomore slump if you know what i'm saying because it almost felt like bleed american was a fresh start because it was but it felt like futures was them it was it was what most records are that come after the big one it felt like a reaction to the to the big one songs like 23 and polaris and work like these are like dark aggressive songs that are some of my favorites yeah but those are 23 and Polaris are my two favorite songs from that, from that record. I kill is the other one too. Yes. Um, Which yeah. was a single. They, they tried so hard to, with kill and work and like these are, pain, and, yeah. Pay, oh, pay, these are not singles. Like they're yeah. just not, yeah. but I mean, it, it was still so much fun to work. And I, and I got to go to a couple shows, ended up doing a dinner with them and they, there was an uncomfortable time for them. I think that like Interscope didn't know what to do um, with them, didn't know what to do with Queens of the Stone Age. It was a weird time. The label was clearly like transitioning into like 50 Cent wasn't like come up. Eminem was blowing. Was, you know, the Black Eyed Peas were now a pop group. Like there was a lot going on. Pussy Got Dolls had signed. Um, yeah, it was a weird time, man. <laughs> but Don't you? It, that wreck, uh, that's a whole, I don't even want to do it. <laughs> Maybe I'll get Vanessa to talk about the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> 
She'd love it. I, I, I've got my PTSD as it pertains to the other member of that. Yes, Matt is extremely fergalicious. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Which is nuts because we had the whole record at Interscope. It came here, it like it like it was like that was the setup to Vanessa not coming over to BMG. Like we're we're gonna get, we're gonna bequeath you this Fergie record, and then that to leaked, find out by the way that thank leaked. You. But but I think was it you that told me that it was a completely different record than the one that she had initially. Like it wasn't the same record. I think it was still pretty much the same thing. Oh, okay, was it? Yeah, that's the, that's the one that had like what like milf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So um, good. <laughs> I'll, 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 I could bring this back. Speaking of leaks, though, I do. I very, I vividly remember futures leaking like two, three months before the record came out. Like that's where, right. And like being so excited of like, I don't even know if they like they had like just announced it too or something like that. Where it was like, oh, okay, and and me being like. Let's see. I think that came out in 2004. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So me being 20 was like, yep, I'm going to go download this. And there was there's a song on the leaked version of the album called Jen that like everybody thought was going to be on the album. It's like this super poppy song. And mm -hmm. then they just took it off altogether and like never to be spoken about again. I've never heard that song. It's it's it really sticks out like a sore thumb. It's like a very just poppy song that like doesn't mm -hmm. have it was like in the middle of the record that just huh. didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense to throw a pop tune in the middle of that. I can't remember if now releasing the demo second disc was a reaction to it leaking, but I'm guessing that it probably was. Because turning, as you know, Mr. Production, that turnaround time on a CD, <laughs> especially when you're throwing a lot of money at something, is way quicker than turnaround time on vinyl. And vinyl wasn't even a consideration at this point. Yeah, I think the I think Jim's label put out the vinyl for Futures. It's like his label is called like Western Tread. Mm. That's what we used to do all the time. Like I remember for certain bands, like I did the second audio slave record, like out of, out of exile. And they would, we got vinyl. I did Guero by Beck. We got vinyl, but for some of the other ones, like snow patrol and queen, like Queens went through records, records through Ipecac, through Mike Patton's label. Yeah. Yep. They just licensed it out because nobody was buying vinyl. Like nobody was buying it. Nobody was selling it. It was a really weird time. So when we got it. We, we would make runs of like a thousand, 1500. And then when it was we gone, it was gone. Like yeah. my, yeah, it was, it was a weird, like some of those records should have had like nine inch nails with teeth should have had an initial pressing. It didn't in the States. So at least I don't think it did not do us anyway, but yeah, that's well. And, and you know, that was also like a really fruitful period for them too, because I remember the first thing that I formally worked, I came in at the end of futures. I got to do the stay on the stay on my side tonight EP, wow, which is so probably. That's so good. Like, it's gotta be like a top five favorite EP. If not like top three, I don't, I haven't really ranked my EPs in my head, but let's say I did. Yeah. It's fucking there. It's so good. Like those songs are so good. And just like, I remember at one point when I was doing my label, I remember reaching out to Interscope to see if I could license that like through, through, through universal, whatever else. And they were like, nah, that's, that's one you can't have. Um, Which is insane. Cause I think they, it, it just got issued like two years ago. Yeah. It was not too long. I, I, I definitely have a copy, mm -hmm. but yeah, like it's, it didn't happen for, for a long, long time, but like they did, let's see. Oh my God. That's already seven years ago. That's a problem. They did that futures tour. They did a 10 year futures tour, mm -hmm. um, I guess in 2014. And they played like four of those stay on my side songs that like, I think I'd only heard like closer and over it maybe once before. Yeah. I've never heard them play stay on my side tonight. 
yeah like they played that disintegration like just yeah the elliot smith cover is like insane yeah i i i'm there's just something about like the imagery of that seven inch. And like, I remember get, we didn't even know as like, as reps, we didn't even know it was coming. And then literally just got sent a copy in the mail. Like, and I'm like, like dur- it, we're still in cycle. And cause Interscope at that point would work things to death. It was like, a, it was something we were pretty proud of. Like we'd have dredge and all these bands that clearly weren't making the label money, but they'd come through town and we would fucking work. And it like, that's how it should be, right? Maybe to, to a fault. Obviously, it's why things have changed. But I remember I wore Jimmy World the entire three years I was there in New York. Like it just never stopped. And that's that's awesome. Like that was awesome for me. You know, it's like yeah. you know, it's it, all the bands were great, but that that those guys are always so nice, and it's always it always makes it better. Like you could you could suck, but if you're nice, I want to work. It's, it's funny. Like I've I've never met them. I've never had any sort of like a conversation with them. Really? Um, and like, in some ways though, I'm almost happy that that's the case because I, I don't know. I, I, I definitely like hold them up to like whatever pedestal in my head, whether that's silly or not. Um, I just like, I'm always afraid of like the people, the bands that you just like so much that you're just such like a fan of, of them being bad people. But I just don't imagine that ever being the case for them. Like those yeah. just seem like normal, regular guys, but it would just be like, I don't know. I had a bunch of friends who, who love brand new and like when all the stuff about like Jesse, uh, where yeah. it'd be like, like if that happened for me and Jimmy world, like, I don't know how I can like reconcile that. Right. I I'm with you, right? Look, you never say never, but I just don't, I'm with you. I don't think that they're going to, that they're that bad. You never know, but it just doesn't, some things just don't like, they don't feel like, that's going to be their destiny. The brand new thing. I'm not enough of a fan. Like I worked a couple brand new records. I think I'm too, I'm a little too old for brand new to have hit when it did. I was already like for brand new. I had hopes fall. I didn't need brand new. I, I had another band that rode the line of emo and hardcore and great band. But I mean, when I heard it, it was like, I don't know enough about that dude, but yeah, sure. Why not? But like, if it happened to like a dude in thrice or if it was like, yeah, Jimmy world or, or like, I, I would be crushed. I, and again, like, I don't know why this, this makes a difference, but like the other, I just remember the other rumor of like Jimmy world met at BYU. Like, I don't, I don't know if they're Mormon. Like, I just don't know that to be the case. Like they don't, it's kind of funny. Like I know nothing about like any of their personal lives in any slight, I don't know. I guess it's not weird because I don't know them again. Like, why should I know anything about their right. personal lives? But right. that's, that's how much of them just being like normal, regular people that like don't need to be out like in any sort of spotlight. No, but isn't that, that's kind of like the dream, right? I mean, I would assume if I was an artist that was in a position where I didn't have to have a day job and they, you know, let's say when touring and putting out records and things are at some semblance of normalcy, they probably do okay. They probably have great guarantees. They don't have a lot of uh, a lot of crew, not a lot of overhead. It's not like some laser light show happening for a Jimmy World show. So like, they make a decent living, and they're probably recognizable in certain circles. But like, if dude wants to go to the store and get a burrito, he can go to the store and get a burrito. That's, you know, I mean, I I can't even imagine what it's like to be like actually famous and try to do something as simple as getting a burrito, my beloved burritos. Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're just like dudes from from Arizona. That's what I feel like. This is what it comes right. back to. Like they're just like, yeah. If you if you lined them up, like you just like, oh, sure. I guess that guy could be in a band. Yeah, but 
who who knows what this could also be like the four tellers at your like bank of america right i mean and that's not an insult like that's that's i talked about this on the pantera episode um that there was a you could there were certain bands like a helmet where it's like you looked at those guys and you're like short hair shorts and then they fucking crush you with riffs so it's like that dichotomy is so great but you know I'm sure at their height, all those guys could go anywhere they wanted and not get recognized. Obviously now, same. But, you know, Jimmy World, it's, it, it's a good place to be, I think. And I think, you know, that probably keeps them grounded in a way in reality where, you know, they are just, it, it's, you know, I know a lot of bands don't like to think about this, but it's a job. This is their job. And it's just like you or I going to work, just they happen to have a better job. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's that, and you know maybe maybe say things that I like more than what other people say. Yeah, that's 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 also fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, let me ask you something. So if you were to pick your favorite record, and then what is their best record? Uh so it's Clarity is my favorite. Okay. I would also tell you. So Clarity is my all time. It's my all time favorite record. Period. Like, period. Um, awesome. Like I. To me, Clarity is like the closest thing to a perfect record. Mm-hmm. There's one song on that album that I'm like, eh, if you took this song off, what it song? would actually be a 10 out of 10 record. What song? Uh, 12, 23, 95. Oh, well, like, that makes sense. It just doesn't need to be there. Like, I, I don't know. It's just kind of like a transitional, like long interlude song. Right, of course. Um, so, you know, segues were all the rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really and, I mean, were. So are, like, I'm not and so are 16 minute last songs on the album. Like, yeah, that was a thing too. I mean, I, yeah, that <laughs> just was loop yeah. it. Yeah, that was definitely right, right. I mean, like, look, the hidden track scenario or the last minute, like, no one thought, no one knew about like cloud and streaming and, uh, you know, digital music at the time. But yeah, now it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. So, um, all right. So well, it's Beth, so funny how uh, many bands like ripped off like that six, the 10 plus minute last song of just like looping something over and over again. Like I remember like that band Midtown did the exact same oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's uh, as I, as I just found out the, the bled also just did that. I love the blood, but yes, yeah. I know. But also like Will Haven did it. Like all these bands did it like to make this epic album closer. But the problem is a lot of these bands, not that they didn't have the chops, that kind of songwriting is not their forte. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, I, I always thought the cool thing about that, like Jimmy world was like, they would still play that song. They wouldn't play like the full, like 16 minute version of it necessarily. Right. But they would do like a trim down. They did like a, they usually would do like a five minute version. Sometimes they'd extend it to like seven or eight kind of thing, but I'd be into that. It still, it still worked. All right. So now best, best. I still, I would go back and forth. It's not going to be bleed American, but I, it's to me, it's somewhere between clarity and futures. I would agree that to me, I think it's personally it's futures, but I, I have like a attachment to that record, but yeah, I mean, look, you're right. Clarity. Now you're going to do it. I'm going to have to go back to the entire catalog. That's what's been happening with these episodes. Like I record an episode and then I'm like, damn it. Now I'm really in the mood. And then I don't listen to any new music for like a month. Like I'm like, Oh cool. Now it's like 12 Oasis records. Sick. Right. Like it's just, which is, which is fun. But yeah. like I do the, I do the chronological uh, listen through. So yeah, I'll have to do that now. Great. I, they just did like those, uh, those three different live streams of, of surviving futures and clarity. And it's like the 
it's the only live stream I've like gone out of my way to purchase and like go go yeah. watch it. I did um, I did check out the futures one and it was great. I mean, look, it's you got to get creative, right? Like there's I think that hopefully it feels you know maybe by the time this airs, I mean, look, like New York is allowing shows now. That that's about to happen. Texas is just another country altogether, and Mississippi. Sure. You don't even count Mississippi. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> like last, dead last in education, you do not count. But I, you know, it's like it feels like the tide's turning a little bit. But but that being said, I feel there have been a couple of creative live streams over over the period, and I think the full album one. Because look, there no casual fan is buying into a band's live stream. It's just not happening. So right. you might as well just like really dig deep and go go for what your fans came for like clutch did did one where they they let the fans pick the set list played the set list including some songs that like haven't been played in 25 years and then released it on vinyl and you could only get the vinyl if you if you if you bought the live stream it was like a bundle oh that's cool it wasn't cheap so i did not do it but but i wanted to yeah 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 i wanted to but but the jimmy world one was cool because it's like that's just cool. It's just like there, there's, you know, there's, there's a, I don't want to pl- be an ageist thing here, but there's a, there's definitely a line in the sand over when people listen to full albums and people return back into a singles culture and Jimmy world fans are, are album fans. I think so. I mean, there's certainly like the, you still go to a show and there are people who are there to see the middle and sweetness and you for know, sure, for they're, sure. They're here. They're, they're here to play the hits like the, the reaction to those to the middle and sweetness are just like always going to be what they're going to be where it's like, right. Oh my God. It's that song I heard on K rock, you know, 20, nearly 20 years ago now. Like that's that so still, sad. Still gets played. Yeah. I, I don't can you imagine that being like you, like, can you imagine like, it's just like a, I don't even have the words to describe how like uncomfortable that makes me feel thinking if I thought that way. Yeah. I like, I remember, like, I don't know. I remember going to, this is like another high school thing. Like I remember going to see at the Santa Anita racetrack. Uh, this Amazing. was a, a, a $5 show. It was of course. Uh, Newfound Glory, Phoenix TX, The Living End, and Save Ferris. Jesus. Wait, was it a Newfound Glory? They were, they had dropped the A at that point. Okay. All right. All right. Um, and Living End had that, had that song, Prisoner Society. It was like their, their one kind of like radio song but like that was that was like the thing where it was like oh my god that's the song on the radio that's the song that i know that's the song that like everybody's freaking out about fair enough for the living end right but i mean like for the like yeah we've all been that person at a show for sure there's no shame in that i'm just saying for like a band like this it's just like you you at least to me like there's there's obviously highlights like and and i get that too like when you when you have an artist that has a couple of dabbles in some crossover pop success whether they wanted to do that or not that's where that took them you're always going to have a fan hang on like when you go to a major market like for pearl jam you go to a major market pearl jam show like they played the sports arena when it was still around here in 2013 r.i.p sounded like shit but yeah it was, we, had, we had a good time um but but they played it was all the bad things it was a saturday night show so a weekend show two nights in the city so you know one show is going to be more fan driven because they change their sets every night and one night was going to be 
the hits night and that was Saturday night. And like, they basically played almost all of 10 and we ended up not getting fan club seats. We got, we got Ticketmaster seats. So we're up in like, I'm taking my date out tonight in my affliction blazer. That's, that's the section we were in. Right. And my wife and I were just looking around, like literally scared. Like they don't like, they play a song from like a record past of Itology. Everybody went to take a piss. Everyone to get, to get beer. And it was like, this is insane. It's just like, that's that's an existence i don't understand for a fan base band yeah yeah and like i mean obviously jimmy world never got quite like quite as big as as pearl jam in any in any stretch like they're no they're still playing like they play here they'll play the wiltern mm-hmm. they'll play you know the palladium if it's like on cycle for a record but even still like they do i feel like they always do those like release shows around la mm-hmm. where they just play all the small venues they play like I think when I think when um, Integrity Blues came out, like they played the Troubadour, they played the Roxy, they played uh, what's the place called in Santa Barbara, Velvet Jones, like oh my god, were, right, right, right. I, I think they played the place. Glass House too. Like they played, um, they probably played the House of Blues in San Diego because I don't think there's like anywhere else to play at this point. But they were just hitting up like every different little market in the Southern California area. But they're still to that point, they're still big enough that when you see them play a smaller show, it's really special. Yeah. Like when they played that Dine Alone showcase, it was a bungalow in Austin on Rainy. So it's like in a in a tent in the backyard of a house, basically. And to see must have been like three, four hundred people we shoved in there. I mean, definitely fire marshal kind of stuff. And we were not going by code at all. But I mean, it felt awesome. It felt like it felt like literally like this was our house. Cause it was for the week and we had Jimmy world playing in our backyard. So when they did play sweetness and they did play the middle, it almost felt like extra special because, you know, and they played new songs and they played like, you know, some are some deeper cuts, but like they're playing at a festival. They want to have a good time. And yeah, it was, they, it was awesome. They, they, they know what they're doing. They know the crowd that they're playing to like when it, when it is like that, that third eye blind show that I was saying that I went to like, they, you know, they're, they're there to play the the hits that like anybody who's going to see third eye blind is like, Oh, I do know these songs. This is, this is what that is. Like, I think they only played like lucky Denver mint from, from uh, clarity. Like that's the extent of like, I, I know going in, like what the expectations are of what they're right. going to be playing, but like they, I think they played, I think they still played 23 where I'm like, Oh, that's, that's cool. Like wouldn't have necessarily thought that for, this type of show sure yeah that's awesome i mean look and look right like you might have your your moment in the sun here because we're coming up on the 25th anniversary of that record in a few years yeah yeah <laughs> so, 20 22 years of clarity it's like stupid at this point so you, you'll you'll get that you'll get that tour you'll get the front to back it'll happen i'm yeah, sure it no, will. It, it and happened. it should happen yeah they they did they did a clarity 10-year tour mm-hmm. um yeah uh no knife opened that as well. It was very, <laughs> very, very fitting in that sense. They just like bring that's it's actually like a different funny thing to me about that band too. Like they never bring like they never bring, I guess there's not really hype bands, but like bring like any like a real band to open with them on on tour. Like they there's this band called Mini Bosses that like they've brought on and they play Nintendo songs. Joy. They they had this. <laughs> I think when when Integrity Blues came out, like they had a, uh, there was a band from Japan that opened for them that I have no, like they musically just made zero sense. Like, who is this band? 
and that's like kind of the thing like they just don't need to like they have they usually only have like one opening band play with them like and it's rarely is it someone that like someone else is going to go seek out right but that's what's that's cool i didn't i i wasn't really paying attention to that because like you know you're a bigger fan i'm a fan but you're a bigger fan than i am and it's it's so cool to see that because at this point right they could pull the Pearl Jam thing, the clutch thing, and literally just do an evening with Jimmy World and maybe like do an intermission in the middle or just play a two and a half hour set and be done with it. They could easily do that. And that is a marketing tool in itself. Like if you found out they were doing an evening with Jimmy World, you'd buy tickets to mean to multiple markets, get to yeah. go to as many shows as you could because there's no bullshit. There's no, but the fact that like the other side of that is that they're giving a band that they probably fuck with a chance. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. I think they're always, like, trying to, like, bring out, like, their friends and just, like, things that, that they are personally into, regardless cool. of, of who of who that is. Like, they're not using them. They're not trying to get them to, like, sell tickets either. Right, right. It's just, you know, maybe they're doing it to annoy their, their uh, fans. <laughs> that too, maybe, yeah. We used to go see um, Mike Patton, all his projects. God damn it. He would have the worst bands open up for Tomahawk, for Mr. Bungle. Like, you name it. It just he had like a DJ that would like do things with shapes and colors. I mean, just things to literally torture the audience. Did and you it was see Shat open for, for Mike Patton or Dillinger escape plan or any of those things. I never saw Shat. No. Are you familiar with Shat? Oh, I, mean, I am. Okay. I am. Okay. Okay. Yes. I'm glad. Is I'm it, glad we're on the same page. I believe it's members of Dillinger escape plan and Shat. I, yeah. That's like the connection that I remember. Yes. Where, yeah. No, I've, I've seen Mel banana more times than I can count great um yeah i mean the melvins too but the melvins are so they could have a night where they decide to play nothing but noise literally like i've seen them in jacksonville when i was in college play a show where they literally just had a noise show and it was like i didn't pay to see mersbo i didn't pay to see this shit like i don't want to see john zorn you know like it was it was just bad so you know kudos to them for at least exposing their audience to some weirder shit you know yeah and then you yeah. you know you're going to get Jimmy World anyway, and right. everything and everything's going to be okay. It will, yeah. So it just takes some time. It just it just takes some time. Um, so do you think, in all the times you've seen them, do you prefer, like, are they a studio band to you? Are they a live band to you? Like, where where does it lie for you? Because it could be both. I mean, obviously, it could be both. But yeah, I think it's somewhere a little in between. I mean. I remember this is like, and this is going back to futures too. Like they, I remember them playing at the glass house and they were like writing for futures, like recording. And I think they played four songs. This is like maybe a year before the record came out or something. Mm. And then I remember this is like, I mean, this is all around 2003 ish then I guess, but like people were very much like bootlegging shows at that point. And I just remember like downloading like the live album, the, the live uh, that live show, like, oh my God, this is so cool. This is a show that I went to. And these are like right, right. songs that aren't released. And so like you like going back to it, I probably still have it on like a CD spindle somewhere up here. But like, if I were to go back to it now and just like hearing kill then versus like what it turned into. Right. It was just funny to like, think of hearing that song and hearing it so many times. Cause I just became like obsessed about listening to it and thinking when it came out of like, oh my God, this is so different from what I remember. Uh, I guess to answer the question though, I, there's somewhere in between, like they can very much be the live band, but I know they're like, they're also very much like a meticulous studio band. hundred like, percent. Like that's, that's like Jim's thing. Like 
yeah they're they're a they're a well-polished band when they need to be and they feels like they often need to be and it's not a that's not a dirty word it's just like they even when they're crunchy it, it is it's meticulous it's like it's like it's like if everything feels free yet calculated i can't explain it better than that yeah like i i know like jim's very much like he's got like his home studio and that's like his his whole thing and um you know he's he's doing he's doing his little he's doing these now he's doing these these calls and and podcasts and he like he he uh the one the one that you'd probably like he he did one with ken andrews that's like oh man yeah that's um yeah i would love that i mean ken is yeah failure good god man that's <laughs> that's a band that i could i mean it's the one that gets lost in the shuffle for me in the pandemic where i had tickets to all these shows oh yeah but the, the ones i forget the one i forgot about was in july they were going to do the three albums back yeah. to back to back each night and i the first three and i i mean i think those will happen again they're an la band but fuck man that one hurts like it yeah. really that one stings but yeah i need to listen to that i like ken's a crazy interesting dude and i think jim could probably be a good interviewer yeah they go i mean they go deep into like all the like studio recording engineering stuff where it's like that i mean all that stuff's like a, a bit above my head but it's like if you're if Same. you're into that stuff and like you want to nerd out like that's the that's the those are the two people to do it with it seems did he get into any of the pledge stuff <sighs> i don't remember that he did but i know i do remember what a what a debacle and mess that that hole was it's like you motherfuckers owe me 45 dollars and a, <laughs> and that record anyway i digress um i so these um these final questions I have for you and I've been asking them in tandem because they're so fucked up, but what is, give me the sexiest song that Jimmy E world has. And then I want your funeral song. Sexiest song and funeral song. Oh my God. Yeah. It could be sexiest. the same. It could be the same song, Matt. No, they're, those are different. <laughs> I'm going to cheat right now just because now I feel like I need a, a moment to like, to like <laughs> check myself because I want, I want to give like the right answer. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Okay. The sexiest one is really going to, to hurt for me. Like, I, I don't know. Okay. I'm curious about this. I, my, my guest, um, my guest that was on for cave and was like, he wanted to give something fucked up with an odd time signature to like confuse, like if it was a stripper, <laughs> so just so, like, wait, what? So this is good. Maybe, maybe that it's funny because that's like where I was going as far as like the song appreciation and that like first song on, on damage mm -hmm. where it's like uh, one of, one of my friends will be like, that song's so good. It goes into six, eight. It's like the, the weirdest song for them, but it's like their single from there. That could actually be maybe the quote unquote sexiest song. It's, um, it's slinky. It's so, it's just, it's so good. It's, it's it so is. good. All right. Funeral song. I feel like, I mean, as, I feel like my sundown is just kind of mm. like that. Um, I wouldn't say hear you me. That's like, hear you me is like the, hear you me is like a little churchy for me in a weird way. Oh, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Not like preachy, but churchy. Yeah. Like it just sounds, it sounds like, it sounds like something I would have heard at, I didn't go to the harvest crusade or if I don't expect you to know what that is, but that's, that's very, 
that is that is a 100 percent very mm. riverside and like orange county thing am i am i uh is this more like what was that um fuck what was that met metal and hardcore fest where it was cornerstone all, cornerstone is it like cornerstone well this was like straight up like a they would fill angel stadium this was like a you know very much like born again <laughs> so um, not cornerstone <laughs> yeah 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 not not cornerstone but like yeah yeah People, Got it. people who went to Cornerstone probably went to the Crusade, though, as well. And Got the fact it. that it was called a Crusade is also something in itself. Yes. So for anybody listening, Cornerstone was a metal and hardcore festival, but of the Christian faith, religion type, whatever. Um, and it, it got preachy. It definitely got preachy. There was a lot of like joint prayer. And some of these bands were fucking great. But, you know, the message was, you know, it was very it was very churchy and always in a tent. It was always in a tent. It's like in Indiana too, right? Yeah, it was, in the, it was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, for sure. And Zayo always headlined. Yeah. I love Zayo. Anyway. Um, okay, so so uh, your so funeral song. So final answer. My Sundown, I think. That's My the, Sundown. I think, I think it's the final answer, yeah. I think it's a good one. Yeah. It's, 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 it's appropriate. I know that's pretty literal in the sense too, like. I think it's, but th- that's fine, right? I mean, if you're, you wanted your, fun- your funeral song to be, you know, fuck it could be it could be anything it could be up it could be yeah. like, like something super upbeat it doesn't matter it, 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 it just it's however you want to torture the people that are coming to watch you lay to rest right yeah i i mean yeah literal again for me this is heaven like uh yeah I don't know, yeah that's like too a little on the nose like but can you still feel the butterflies would be like a weird maybe a weird thing like at at a funeral i think my sundown is is pretty is i i think that 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 nails it literally nails it there you go in the coffin in the coffin yeah well that's also the <laughs> puts the nail in the coffin of this episode <laughs> dude this was so much fun um i love hearing you talk about this because you know when, when when we talk work it's always it's not quite as fun i mean i think you and i at least like it's like we're we're commiseration buddies but i think it's it's it it this made me really happy to talk to you and see you passionately talking about look about music again, right? We talked about music. It's not about deadlines or which manager sucks. It's you, you, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, but, but it's that, that was my whole goal with doing these, these episodes. It's like, you know, connecting with friends and being able to see people just go off about their band and it's awesome. Yeah, no, I like, I haven't fully nerded out with anybody about music in like a extended way in a long time. So this is, this is awesome. Dude, let's uh, let's both get safe, get a hang in, get a whiskey, and uh, and then talk about this in person. I'm I'm into that. Awesome. Well, I will, um, Matt. I'll tag your socials if you will allow that. And uh, and thank you for hanging out with me on the Grossed Out Podcast. We'll talk Anytime. soon. Thanks. Thanks All for, right, man. Thanks for having. Oh, no problem. Oh, okay.